Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Subject to Change is here. The moment you've been waiting for. It's Wednesday, and the NBA playoffs is out of control. Lonzo Ball is linking back up with LeBron, and somehow this year, 2020, just seems right that we can't get away from Carol Baskins. She's everywhere. And somehow I've heard she's turned cameo into what Bella Thorne did with OnlyFans. I mean, she's got more money than God off this cameo deal. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Overtime Tom's here too. Hey Tom, how you doing? Hey, I want to go on Dancing with the Stars. That's my next thing, me and Carol Baskins. I'm excited. How bad are you at dancing? Scale one to I'm, 10. I'm ten being the worst. I think that I'm probably like a nine. That, no, that's seen, fair. You've seen my TikTok. That's 100% fair, but there's like wedding dancing, right? Where like white people can kind of just slip through the cracks and just do little weird movements. And for some reason during weddings, nobody asks like any questions about it. Is that yeah. you? No, I can't say everything I want to say, but j- just know that in my group, I'm the best. Your group? Yeah. As in you? Like just you? No. In the p- group people that I'm dancing with, I am considered the best dancer. Well, I'm not saying it's like, a good group. I'm not saying it's a good group. Okay, but I was going to say, because you're with your like 65-year-old uncles and they're doing like the shopping cart, right? A little wheelchair. And then all of a sudden you hit the Dougie one time. And you're like, God damn, I'm feeling myself. All right, Jordan, how's your life going? Did you wake up angry today? Like, what's going on with life? How's school? And what are you no, drinking? I'm, what? What? What are you drinking? Uh, no free ads, but I'm drinking a uh, a green tea-based energy drink. So I'm feeling great now. I was a little tired. It's early as hell. Uh, that's probably why we can't get a damn guest to save our life, because nobody wants to wake up at 6 a.m. and film a podcast like we do. I don't know whose idea that was. But I feel I'll good. No, I feel I feel I feel great. School's going good. It's all online. I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. I just kind of, but I have a mom um, in like my uh, all like D1 athletics have this like mom that looks over like literally it's a hired person and I love her to death. But she like texts me like, hey, do this assignment. It's due by midnight. She'll call me. Did you do it? One of those things. Like without her, I would have already failed out of school. Um, so that's going great, but you got away from my dancing and the wedding stuff. Did you end up, uh, going to that wedding we talked about a few weeks ago? So I, the, the thing that I said is I had to give the RSVP was due. So it's not till November. So I had to just say yes or no. Um, and I waited till the last possible second. It was like 1159. And my girlfriend was like, is it a yes or a no? And I was like, just put yes, but on the back, right. That I might bail. So I am still continuing to hedge my bets and I'm like half in half out I I think I'm gonna end up there if I had to guess yeah I mean but you got the whole like your niece is being born and stuff like that right oh my mom just goes oh cool yeah have fun just don't bother ever coming home again and I was like oh all right cool (laughs) yeah it's not great it's not great but you still have a girlfriend so that's a positive thing we're another week now we're another week older we're another week wiser, and Tom stum- somehow still has a girlfriend. And if you're watching this and don't have a girlfriend, you choose whether whether or not that makes you feel bad or good or whatever. Wait, how's Liv? Liv's great. She's sleeping. Probably not anymore because I'm I'm loud as shit. Um, so she's probably up. But Liv's good. Um, I don't think I've done anything horrible this week, so I don't know if she's going to have much on her segment. But uh, what do we do? 
not a whole lot. We've been binging Yellowstone like crazy lately, especially during this preseason. Practices are long. I just come home and either watch basketball or watch Yellowstone. But you don't watch TV shows. You just do this weird thing you're doing on your Instagram now lately. Is that what we're – do we want to talk about it or – I'm going to save that for the therapy sessions, or you want to do Look, it now? Overtime sends me a lot of gear. I have to promote it in some Must ways. Must be nice. Anyways. And I got a ring light. <laughs> I, could, I could see. Is that why you finally moved inside? You didn't have to rely on natural Yeah, don't light? I look good? Um, Not really. But I got a ring light, and I they, you can take pictures on it. And I, I thought they were better than 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 everyone else did. Did you get a lot of hate speech? I didn't get a lot of hate. I just didn't get as much love. Like, I was expecting, like, the comments to be flooding in, the DMs to be flooding in. Like, oh, dude, this was dope. You look great. Like, I was kind of asking for it. I was like, let me know how I did. And you it was were just a lot of like, big time. Yeah. I don't know. I think Spencer liked it, though. So, that, that's all that mattered. Shout out to our producer, Spencer. But, uh, hey, now you know how hard it is to be a modern-day Instagram model. We could have Liv come down here and tell you about all the – Terrible, weird things that get commented under hers. At least you're not at that level yet. It's a hard no, life. I would like to do a shoot with Liv one day where we, like, take dope pictures of each other. Because you're not very good at it. We're like, you know, it'll be great. Have you, ever seen, have you ever seen the pictures that me and Liv do take together? And, like, how bad? Like, I literally, because she'll do it, like, it'll be midway through the season. And she'll be like, well, I want to go take pictures. And I'll be like, okay, can I play Call of Duty after? And she's like, yeah, but do this. So I go, and then I look. Like, I have this real problem. I don't know if you we can tell right now, but I'm pale, like, as a ghost. I'm real bad with this whole, like, being attractive thing. So, she's yeah, we good get at that. it. We take pictures, <laughs> and I just look like the background, just white. Have you ever seen them? <laughs> no, I've seen them. You look very pale. I, I, it's just a lot of sun in West Virginia. It's very bright. People people always, like, will comment under it, like, uh, the damn vampire uh, series. You would know this. What's that really weird uh, Jacob and Twilight? Twilight. I always get those kind of comparisons. But anyways, anyways, nobody's here to listen to us talk about our lives. Nobody really cares. You know what they care about? NBA basketball and basketball in general. And that's why they listen to the Subject to Change pod. Or they listen to it because they want to know what's going on with us. And if that's the case, cheers. Thank God somebody cares. But let's get into basketball. Boston versus Miami last night. My boy Tyler Hero, week in and week out, is a, a problem. He's a problem. You watched it? He's a stud. Like, he had 12, 11, and 9, so he almost had a triple-double. He broke some record. Oh, he's like the first – I don't know if it was – I think it was Miami Heat uh, per player in the playoffs that had 10-plus points. He's done it in 10 straight games or something. Um, he's a stud. He hit some big shots. But Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum, they're crazy. Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum. Now, Jimmy Butler's older, so it's hard to have this argument or conversation. But who, who is more valuable to their team? I would say Jimmy Butler is more valuable um, to his team. But then again, Jason Tatum, you know, looking around, he's definitely the up-and-coming star in the East. Would you say Jason Tatum is more valuable to the Celtics than Jimmy is to the Heat? No, not at all. Jimmy Butler is the man. He's like a beast. He's just so fierce. He likes talking trash the whole time. He hit those clutch shots at the end. I uh, Tatum's awesome, but like I don't know. There's something about him where like 
he kind of disappears for me once in a while. Maybe that's just my fault. But I feel like Jimmy – I feel like at the end of the day, like, Jimmy's going to do what he has to do to win. I think like he just, like – maybe it's because he's older, but he just, like – he just has another level of how bad he, like, wants it. Yeah, Jason Tatum's young, though, like you're, you're mentioning. And I think you give him – you give him two to three years. And depending on what Giannis does, if he, if he transplants somewhere in the East, Toronto, Miami, something crazy like that, that could be a very difficult thing for Tatum's career. But I think if all stays the same and the East is kind of – because the East is flatter than, than the West. I mean, we're going to get to how good the West is and always has been. But I think if Tatum gets three, two to three years under his belt – I mean, I think I think he can go to an Eastern Conference Finals and like year after year and, and get like a tangent going like two, three, four years in a row, uh, get to the finals. I think he's got a lot of Kobe in him. I think a lot of people see that comparison too. But Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, I think draws more of that Michael Jordan comparison. And you see, not nobody freak out, but I'm just saying in terms of his like intensity, how he how he you know. I mean, he took in Minnesota all his reserve players and literally just played the starters, beat the shit out of them, and let everybody in the arena know during a practice. That's some that's some more Michael Jordan, eh, Kobe stuff too. So they both got that going on. But it'll be interesting to watch them, you know, kind of grow. Um, Drogic, I can't wait to make the head. I, I can't wait to make the headline. Jordan McCabe thinks Jimmy Butler is better than Michael Jordan on our YouTube, but. They're awesome, but I feel like this – like, because they're both going to play great, right? Like, the series is going to come down to, like, a couple X factors. So, like, Dragic last night had, like, 29. Marcus Smart, like, basically won the last series for the Celtics. Who, who do you think the X factor is here? Here's my X factor. My X factor is the two young guys for the Heat. Now, Dragic – if Dragic has 30, and that's what I'm saying, the, the Heat did everything. I mean, they put everything they had into – barely getting past the season the first first game so in this series I'm still not sure where it goes in terms of if Miami wins or if Boston wins it'll be interesting but my x factor is Duncan Robinson Tyler Hero those two when it comes down to the heat and their ability to shoot outside if those two have the games that they have been having and just hit their consistent that 15 and 6 marker and if Tyler does what he does last night and almost hits a triple double the Heat are in great shape. But, I mean, this series is going to go to game seven. I, I have to believe it is. If, if the game in the series looks anything like it did last night, I think it goes seven games. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it comes down to that. Marcus Smart, I can't decide if I love or hate him. Like, one day he's, like, flopping and he's so annoying. The next day he's, like, beating his chest and freaking out. So, I, I don't know how I feel about him. But I think he's the X factor. But we can't not talk about Bam's block. Like, is that the craziest block you've ever seen? Like, seriously. Like, his his wrist, like, snapped blocking Tatum's dunk. Oh, Magic Johnson, right? Is that who tweeted? Yeah. Magic yeah. Johnson said it was, like, the craziest or most impressive defensive play he's ever seen in the playoffs. Dude's been, along, been around for a long-ass time. And he's seen some stuff. He's gone through some stuff now, okay? Magic Johnson has been through it. And if he's yeah. saying that, it's got to be the best defensive play to ever happen in the playoffs. Now, if Tatum crunches that, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> my God. That's what I kept thinking, too. I was like, if he dunked that, that's insane. 
Yeah, you're getting you're getting a highlight. That that's that's a ESPN wet dream right there. That whole play because one way or another, you know, it's getting you know plastered everywhere. But huge play, Bam Bam at a bile. I might switch my X factor to Bam because I he's think I, I I think Bam for the Heat. I mean, he's Jimmy's right hand guy right now. I think you know you you start talking about trades and everything that they have going on in Miami. I don't think there's any way outside of outside of Jimmy Butler, there's no way Pat Riley can justify getting rid of Bam because I think he's stud. I think going forward, Bam is the best big in the league. The most yeah. athletic, best, like I don't know if he's a true five or not, but I mean you got Jokic and he's doing what he can do out west and he's a whole different player. But in terms of one of the most dominant, there's this trans transition between, you know, Dwight's you know, phasing out as one of the better bigs in the league. And now you're bringing in a guy who's more versatile, I think, than even Dwight and Bam. So he's my X factor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. Unbelievable block. Crazy. No, it was sick. And then the last thing I want to ask you, like, with Hero, right? Like, you know him, obviously. When, he, when he's playing a playoff game and he's shooting, he's playing well, like, how, like, how do you feel? Like, is it like you're nervous for him? Are you just like screaming at the TV hype for him? Or it's just like at this point, he just does what he does? At this point, I've been watching him do stuff his entire life. I mean, there, there was a time, there was a time we were playing in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, AU players who listen to this, Spice Indy Heat, um, they host this like huge AU tournament every year. Um, and at this like facility with, I don't know, a thousand courts or something. And we were in eight, going into eighth grade, I believe. And we were playing a Nike EYBL team, one of the better teams on the EYBL. I want to say it was the family actually. Um, and Tyler all of a sudden had this like freakish growth spurt. Like he went from six, two to like six, five in like a couple months or in between tournaments or something like that. And he had a put back, he had like a put back dunk on probably two or three guys from the family. And he let them know about it. He ended up scoring like, I mean, that tournament, he averaged like 36. I mean, he's, he's probably one of the more prolific scorers that I've ever watched. And as a point guard, I love that. Cause I just bring that thing up, swing it, let him do his thing. I can go sit back on the other free throw line uh, and let him do his thing. But when I watch Tyler now, I have, I have no like anxiety or fear for him because he just does what he does. Young players watching Tyler Hero need to understand that he doesn't make the game difficult. He doesn't make the game. He knows where his spots are. He doesn't force it. He lets it come to him. And he makes the game at the NBA level so simple. I mean, he did it when we were playing one-on-one in the driveway this summer in Miami on the hoop that Jimmy Butler bought him, uh, which is a whole nother story and hilarious. Uh, but anyways, he makes the game so easy, so simple. He's smooth the whole time, and he's fun to watch. I don't, I don't get nervous for him. I know he's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah, he's so solid at this point. It's like he knows what he's good at, what his role is, and he does it perfectly. He might be the most loved person on social media right now. My, yeah, my favorite thing to do is, is scroll through, like, just Instagram and Bleacher Report or, you know, overtime post them, just scroll through some – some comments or Twitter, just look up Tyler Hero, see the, the do rag Tyler Hero throwbacks. Dude, he's got There's some problems. Don't get me wrong. That's my boy. And he can hoop. 
but he's a little messed up in the head. I'll, <laughs> I'll give him that, and I think he would agree with me. No, he, he really is the most loved person on the internet right now, but you would you would know this. Is Tyler Hero the most hated person in Milwaukee? Because, like, he no. knocks the – he didn't go to Wisconsin. He didn't – he knocks the Bucks out of the playoffs. Like, No, people in Milwaukee love this man right now. And I don't know if he got more respect after he beat Giannis and the Bucks. I think he probably did. Uh, just because, like, Milwaukee fans – are kind of like uh, they're a little bit. They got like a New Yorkish style to them too, where like they almost want something to go wrong just so they can like flip a car over and burn it and just release all their anger. But Tyler is not the most hated player or most hated person, you know, in Milwaukee because Milwaukee is its own little cell. The out the other, however many people are in Wisconsin outside of that city. They might have some animosity towards them because of the whole Wisconsin decommitment. But I think Milwaukee would love to see Tyler Hero in a Bucks uniform, which isn't out of the realm of possibility whatsoever. We it talked about this. Giannis is going to be on the block in, what, a year? I think he's got a year left on the He'll be a free agent next year, but this year he, he's, he could get traded potentially. Probably not, but maybe. It, I mean, there's a, very, there's a very strong possibility, but no. Tyler Hero is not the most hated person in Milwaukee. He is loved in Milwaukee. You go outside into the small farm towns and you might still have some, you know, pissed off old dude talking about, you know, disloyalty and all this stuff, but we're not going to get into all that. I mean, you realize Tyler. Wisconsin's not that big of a state, right? Like that's like 10 people really like. Shut up. Wisconsin is everything to me. So we can argue up and down the river about this whole right. thing. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Anyways. Let's get into our next series, Clippers, Nuggets. I wake up. I felt, I'm not even going to lie. I fell asleep. I'm not, I'm, I'm not good at this whole media thing where you got to stay up and watch everything. I do the shortcut. I wake up. I couldn't even believe my feet. I had to scroll through like five or six different things to confirm that people weren't messing with me and the Nuggets actually came back from 3-1. I mean, I, it's unbelievable. I don't know how they did it. They beat the Clippers. Is Doc Rivers out at this point? Yes. Great for the Nuggets. Congratulations. But I'm so mad at the Clippers. Like, there's no reason for you to lose. They didn't want to be in the bubble. They, like, made that very clear. They voted to leave at one point. Like, you you should have the best two players in the series. They ended up not being the two best players in the series because Joker and Murray are way better at this point, apparently. But you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You got Lou Will. And you lose – three straight games to the Nuggets? Like, how does that even happen? You have to get rid of Doc. I, I'm, I'm never – I am never one to put it on a coach. I watched Last Chance U and that crazy coach from last season, not this season. Yeah, Brown or whatever. Yeah, Brown. He said it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. He's sitting in the hot tub and he's got like a cigar <laughs> and his man boot. Can we get him on the show? Anyways. He's sitting in the hot tub. He's got a cigar, and he's like, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's, and, like, takes a sip of, like, some cheap whiskey. I love him to death. One of my favorite people of all time, way above Carol Baskins. But anyways, I can't put it all on Doc. The Clippers got to figure it out. I don't know if Kawhi's jumping ship. I don't know if he's leaving. He did it with Toronto. He gave him a shot. They even they, – they completed the mission, and he still jumped – but I think he, he does like L.A., so he's probably staying out there. Uh, but I don't know if the Clippers 
are the answer. I don't know if the Clippers are the answer. I really don't. I mean, Kawhi, like, I love Kawhi. But, I mean, he went 6 for 22 yesterday. Paul George went 2 for 11 from 3. Like, it is so – it's just disgusting to play that bad. I, don't, I just can't see – and there's just some, like, organizations like this. I don't know if I ever see the Clippers yeah. with a ring ceremony, you know? I just – I don't know if there's some organizations that are just destined for not that. I don't, I don't know what it is. Is that, is that weird? I just don't see. No, it. that's what everyone was saying. They're like, it's the it's the curse of the Clippers. Like, that's just they're never gonna win. Dude, I would have loved to watch Steve Ballmer, one of my favorite people too, because he's just he's a Seattle guy. And when I lived out there, everybody was kind of real high on him and him in sports. I would love to sit and just watch Steve Ballmer at home with his family watching a game because he's so loud. I don't even know if his family like watches it with him or puts him in like a small locked room. Like that's all just white and, and like cushion or what happens, but he can't, he can't be real happy this morning. I love that dude. Like he's a zillionaire, but like the Clippers winning basketball games is by far the most important thing in his life. He's one of those guys that goes like red, you know, the white guys that just go red. Like anytime they get pissed off, they just go just beat red. That's, that's how he gets. It doesn't matter. You don't have to see from his nose down. You can tell. Does he kind of look like your dad? My dad's not bald. He'd be pissed if he heard that. He's got a receding hairline, which I will soon follow. But no, he looks a little bit like my dad, maybe. It's actually not a terrible take. My dad would be pissed. My dad would be pissed. Wait, did you see the, the Blazers on Twitter, though, after the game? Yeah, I love Dame Lillard. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Dame Lillard fan right now, not only because he's arguably the best point guard in the league this year, Steph's not in the league. But anyways, uh, I love Dame Lillard going after him, talking about what did he say? I can still book a, a – Yeah, he invited, he invited all the guys down to Cabo because I guess when, when the Blazers got knocked out, Beverly and maybe Paul George – and Paul George, they were both saying, like, oh, he's going to go to Cabo. He can go on vacation now, blah, 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 blah. So Dame Lillard came back and said, like, oh, you guys can come with me now, basically. But the, the most savage thing they said – and I don't – I have no idea if this was a diss or not, but I took it as one – is – I think it was CJ McCollum was like, don't blame Pat Bev, though. Like, he scored more than his average. And, like, he only scored 11 points last night. So, like, I think they're just trashing that, like, he doesn't score. Like, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. Now, here's my thing, okay? So, the Clips blow a 3-1 lead. Embarrassing. Not good. The Nuggets are better than I think everybody's giving them credit for. But what you got to be careful with is pushing the buttons of Pat Bev. Not only, <laughs> like, I mean, now he works out in Tim's on the beach but pat bev just reminds me of that kid on the playground like when you were growing up and in middle school or elementary elementary school that kid who goes and finds a stick and just walks around and hits people with it and then just backs or just stands there just kind of backs up and stares at you and just that weird little kid oh you ever watch the movie role models pat bev pat bev is the kid off of role models that was pat bev growing up ronnie yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what his name is, but that is Pat Bev. So you got to be careful pushing that dude's buttons. And that's exactly what Dame Lillard and CJ are doing, which I love and respect. But Pat Bev's got to, he's got to screw loose. You got to be. I feel, like, I feel like that's your worst. That, that's the one guy that you wouldn't want to go up against. 
I mean, I know you're down to play anyone, but like, I feel like he's the <laughs> toughest guy. There, there's a lot of different Pat Bevs in college basketball. There's Pat Bevs in, you know, AAU. There's a lot of Pat Bevs in AAU. Let me, yeah. like, there is a lot of them. And they're all fighting to just be that one or two spots in the NBA. Like Marcus Smart, I think, is kind of Pat Bevish. I could be, like, he's got a little bit of that to him. He's, he's a great defender, Pat Bev, great defender. But dudes who just kind of piss you off and you don't know why. Marcus Smart's got that to him. But, yeah, probably not. I mean, Jamal Murray, he didn't mind going up against him. Jamal um, Murray, wait, he scored 40 last night? He's he's insane. I, like, I always thought he'd be good, but I didn't think he – I never thought he'd be this good. Is his girlfriend in the bubble? Did he bring her down to the bubble? Um, I I don't know. But there's a lot of – there. I saw some curiosity. He's playing well. He's playing yeah. well. There's got to be some kind of correlation here. Uh, yeah. And she Shout out to his girlfriend. Like she cares about him, and you know I'm really happy they got a healthy relationship. And we're gonna move on from that. Great uh, softball player. Talk about Jokic, my boy. You are talk. Let's go comparison. I went over to Spain last summer, and we played like three European teams. And I swear there was a Jokic on each team, <laughs> right? And every time, without fail. <laughs> We'd be walking into this sport arena, and there was no fans or anything like that, like for these college like trips, overseas trips. Um, it was more like three exhibition games against professional level guys. And there would be always this six foot eight, six foot ten, stocky, maybe fat, white dude smoking a cigarette, like leaning against the wall, and we're like, you know, nod as we walk by him and go into the gym, thinking he's like the facilities manager. And then all of a sudden he puts his jersey on and now he's playing and somehow has a triple double. That is, that is Jokic. I love I love watching Jokic. Nah, he, he's the best. He's literally that guy. He's like a tub. I mean, he lost some weight, but like he just he doesn't look like he should dominate and then he does easily. Who um who'd you rather start a franchise with right now? Him or Giannis? Who would I rather start a franchise with? Yeah. Like, Jokic is that guy. He just took his team to the conference finals. Like, I'm all about taking the option that pisses some people off. And I'm going to take I'm gonna take Jokic to start a franchise over Giannis right now at the moment just because I'm seeing what they both mean to their teams. And, and you know, you can say what you want about Milwaukee, but they're not here. You know, Nuggets made the Western Conference finals. They get past the Clips. I'm taking Jokic because he does just so much. He does so much. He's not one-dimensional by any means. He's probably the best passing big. And I think outside of, like, I would say outside of LeBron, he's the best passer in the West. Like, he's yeah. that good. He's that good. He, he do the most – you probably – you might not have seen it if you didn't watch the game. He threw the most insane pass ever last night, just, like, over his head to Jamal Murray, like, at the end of the game, up 20. And Jamal got fouled, so, like, people won't probably see it. But it was the most insane pass ever. You are absolutely crazy that you just said that, though. Like, how does Giannis just win, like, we, we probably won back-to-back -back MVPs, right? Mm -hmm. And you just took, like, a, a weird dude over him. I mean, first of all, Jokic, like I said, he does so much. Giannis, until he can consistently, like, pull guys out and hit, like, an outside shot, and I think that's going to happen, until that happens, I take Jokic because I can build around him. <laughs> like, I don't really want to see my, my, my five or four – which is Giannis. I mean, he's a, let's be honest, he's a four. He's a power forward. I don't want to see him 
be my main go-to scorer. Unless it's Kevin Durant, because I can slide him in at a power forward position and he can go get 50, you know, and he can score in a, like, just from all three levels. I don't know that either Jokic or Giannis does that at, like, a really high level score at from three in. But I'm taking Jokic right now because you'd be stupid not to take a winner. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the MVP. I'll live with him. I guarantee I'd build a better team. Seven-foot point guard who can take off from half court, basically, and dunk it. Averages like 30 a game. Gets like 1,000 rebounds. Defensive player of the year. I don't know. Like the only player to ever do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that guy. Give me Jokic and let me just get him a pack of Marlboros, and I promise we're winning every game. Yeah, as long as you have Jamal Murray dropping 40 next to him. Like, yeah, that's very easy. You're right. Jamal Murray is a absolute bucket. What Kentucky boys are putting on in the playoffs right now. Uh, it, it's sick. All right, I'm done with I'm done with that that squad. Oh, do you think they're gonna beat the Lakers? Any shot? Let's throw in predictions. Let's throw in conference final predictions. We're game one in the East already. Before we go there, I think I think the Lakers beat them. I think the Lakers beat them in five games. Jeez. Now I don't say five games because I think the Clippers, or I mean the Nuggets. Jeez, rip. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> because I don't think the Nuggets have the talent. They 100% have the talent. But you're going up against the best player in the league, the second best player in the league, a team that's hot right now, right? And you just came off back-to-back game seven series. I just don't see it from a basketball perspective, them finding enough. Game one and two might be tight, but I still think the Lakers take it, and they might give them a game in three or something like that. But I think in five games, this thing's over. And, and LeBron moves on to his 36th, you know, finals. So, I, I think the Lakers are going to win also. Um, I think it'll be interesting, right? Like Joker and Anthony Davis can kind of cancel each other out. And then, like, it becomes LeBron, though. And, like, that's, that's kind of all you have to think about. So, I think the Lakers also win probably – I think it'll be in six. I think the Nugget – I think the Lakers will get kind of bored, honestly. Um, so, I got, the, I got the Lakers in six. Lakers in six? All right, yeah. we'll see the lens. Let's go, let's go east because I got a couple side wagers with people around my program about this because I'm always, you know, a loyalist. I'm going to go with my boy Tyler and uh, down there in Miami. So who comes out of the east? Celtics, Heat. So I had picked I, – I, I had picked it yesterday. I had – I thought the Celtics would win game one, but I thought the Heat would win the series. So I still – obviously after the Heat took game one, I think the Heat – are still going to win the series. I think it'll still go six. I don't know. Everyone's saying it's going to go seven. I just – I think every game will be close, but ultimately I think the Heat will win in six also. I just think Jimmy Butler is, like, on a different level right now. That's a fair point here. I'm going to give you – I'm going to – we're both siding with each other on both sides, and that pisses me off. But, you know, I can't do the whole Celtics pick just because of Ty and everything. I, I got to run. Did I change my pick? No, no, no. You're good. There you go. <coughs> I'll give you a Jordan's crystal ball of the week. The Celtics are going to go up 2-1. They're going to win the next two. And then the Heat win in seven. If I'm, if I'm spot on with that, I'm going to go find a new job that involves however I can use that skill that I possess, that gut feeling that I'm 100% right about. Because if you watch the show, you know I'm not wrong. That's just, you know, that's the nice part about having your podcast, 
be your own podcast. You can't be wrong. So you just delete things or edit them, and it's great. But anyways, the Heat win in seven. Celtics take the next two games. Bet on it or don't. Don't actually bet on it. I can't even say the word bet without almost getting in trouble. Let's <laughs> move on from that. Um, let's talk. Hold on. I want to go back to Houston real quick before we move out of NBA basketball. The small ball is not working. Harden says they're a piece away. Do you keep Russell Westbrook going into the next season if you're the head of the, the Rockets? So they already lost Antony. He's going to leave. I think they're going to end up hiring probably Ty Lue, if I had to guess. I love Russell Westbrook. Like, he might be – after Steph – I probably go Steph, Lonzo, Zion as my top three favorite players, and then Russ is, like, right after that just because I love how hard he plays. But, like, he's just not that good right now. Like, he's – he can't shoot threes right now. He plays super hard, but, like, it kind of hurts him because he's out of control. In the playoffs, it's not great. So, I love Russ. He's, like, my favorite. But it's not a good fit. It's crazy. Like, looking back, Chris Paul is, like, the best man. <laughs> like, he was awesome. Yeah, when they got rid of Chris Paul, I'm like, I just – I don't see where we're going with this one just because every every great team that's ever won anything or done anything great has had a point guard of his caliber or higher. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame point guard. I don't know. I, I don't see – I don't see it happening in Houston with this whole small ball thing. I never never thought it was a good idea. I know people around me were like, no, they're winning by, you know, 40 every night. I'm like, yeah, it's a regular season. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. And year in and year out, they just don't get it done. And I think something's got to change. I don't think I, – I don't think they need to get rid of Westbrook. I think they have to find a way to bring in – like, I thought Capella was a great fit. I thought they were close. If they just would have left it, leave CP3, leave Capella – and play like your normal lineup, CP3, Harden, Westbrook, or even if you don't have Westbrook on that lineup. If you have that, I think you're really, you know, onto something. But Capella gave them so much because you couldn't double – you couldn't double Harden every time off a of pick and roll with yeah. Capella because he was dangerous enough to go get it and score. And I just don't see that with Covington being their big. I don't yeah. see I don't see how that results in a in a final. They need like they need like their bam or like their joker, right? Like you think about the the four teams left, right? They kinda well, the Celtics don't really have someone inside, I guess. I mean they have different they have a lot of different bodies, but like Joker on the Nuggets, A D on the Lakers, and then what's the other team left? Um Miami with Bam. They all have guys inside who can like do a little bit of everything. They can pass, they play defense, and like you kinda need that, I think. Who's the big guy? Yeah, and then for the Celtics, who's the who's the big guy with the tats? Tice or whatever. That is literally Spencer's favorite player ever. Is it really? I mean, yeah, they look alike. Wait, who? Tice. The big white guy, right? Yeah, the tats everywhere. Dude, I do love him because he is like he's a spitting image of Boston. Like when I think of Boston, I think of him. Like I think they might have actually just got him out of like an Irish pub in Boston. Like, yeah, he was doing construction. Or robbing a bank or both. <laughs> but I love him. I really do. Like, I honestly think he, you know, Charles, the town, that movie, I think he would have played <laughs> great in that. He's 100%. He just – everything Boston is just put right into him. He's got the tight buzz cut. You know, I, I love him to death. But, once again, another big 
and they're in the, the conference finals. And, you know, he is somewhat of what the Rockets need. And I think if they yeah. don't get it, Damn. If they don't get it. They gotta. They gotta make a major change down there in Houston. The town is like my favorite movie ever. You actually watched a movie that I or a show that I threw out. I'm. I'm very proud. We're gonna of hurt you. somebody. I, I don't. I don't have a good Boston accent. But <laughs> and you can't ask any questions. I love it. I love it. It is. It's one of my favorite movies as well. And speaking of great, uh, the Ball family. I. You know. I, I can't do a pod without bringing them up. Um. LaMelo, he signed to Rock Nation, right? That's Jay-Z's agency. They got a lot of top players. Lonzo also signed with Rock Nation. This all happened like three months ago. They signed – Jello also signed with Rock Nation. They got all the ball brothers. It was big news because they, like, weren't with big baller brand, basically. Fast forward three months to this week, Lonzo is leaving Rock Nation already, and he's going to sign with Clutch Sports, which is Rich Paul's agency, a.k.a. LeBron's agency. And I don't know, man. Why do why do why do the brothers why do Lamelo and Lonzo have different agents that that happened really fast? Well, I think you know a big reason probably is that split is Lamelo coming into the league right now. Though he's technically not proven, I think he's proven because he's played in the NBL. He's killed professional level athletes now for the past year. He's proven himself in that respect. But in the NBA, it's a whole different deal. LeBron. You know, his agency with Clutch and everything that he runs is generally his tight-knit group of guys that he believes in. And with having played with Lonzo already, I think he might have snagged them out of Rock Nation, who I feel like Rock Nation might be taking this whole side of LaMelo coming in with this huge, you know, brand popularity, brand awareness. How easy is it going to be to market different things off the court and on the court with LaMelo? they're probably making LaMelo front and center of their whole Rock Nation organization. If I am working for Rock Nation, that's what I'm looking for. I mean, this kid's already got experience. He's had his own shoe since he was 12. He's he has his own reality TV show. He's seasoned. I don't have to put him through PR, this or that. He says whatever he wants, and he's hilarious, and he's clickbait as hell. So maybe Lonzo's thinking I'm going the route of let me go partner up with LeBron a guy that I trust and that I've been with and LeBron's thinking the same thing. Let LaMelo do what he's going to do and have your own seat at the table at clutch. I mean, I'm not sure how agencies exactly work, but I could see that being an, an impact. Yeah. I mean, look, I think they're both fine. And like, ultimately I, I they just had a great season. He's great with wherever he goes. I think like, and I obviously believe that LaMelo is going to be sick. And I, I love that he's like the star of rock nation now and the star of Puma. I think that that's a cool move, but if Lonzo wants to be front and center going to clutch ain't the move either because LeBron's definitely front and center, front and center. So I don't know. I thought it was weird. I, I, I get it. Like LaMelo is his little brother. Um, and maybe he wanted more attention and, and clutch. They're both huge agencies. Like I think they both bring different things to the table. Rock Nation, you kind of have to sign with Puma because Jay-Z's like kind of in guys' hands in both. And I don't I don't know how the sneaker deals come into play with Lonzo. But the, the cool thing for Lonzo is, is like you said, like LeBron wanting you, that is a big deal. Like he takes like a couple guys in every year's draft. Last year he had like DG and Darius Baisley and a couple other guys. He's got Lonzo on his on his roster now. He's got Ben Simmons on his roster. Like he doesn't he doesn't take just everybody. So to already play with him, and now I clearly think he's going to be a top player. I think I think that's pretty huge for Lonzo. Like I have more confidence in Lonzo just off of that. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's going to be this constant comparison between Lonzo Lamelo. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think agency is going to be the last thing on people's mind in a year or two. It's going to be based on what numbers are they putting up. And I'm excited to watch it because I think LaMelo has a chance to put up crazy numbers based on his vision and how much space there is in the NBA floor. It'll be interesting, but I don't know if there's going to be any arguments over who's representing what agency at the end of the day. They're both going to be doing just fine. And, uh, probably enjoying vacations in Cabo right along with uh, the Clippers and Dame Lillard here very soon. So they think to be wild when they play each other in the league? Like, because Lonzo's older, like, as a big brother, he, he definitely always dominated Lamelo, right? Like, they probably trained together. Lonzo's probably, like, showing in the ropes. But then, like, when it gets into an NBA game, like, technically, Lamelo, like, we're expecting more from Lamelo, like, on the scoring end and, like, like, I don't know. I just I, – I don't know what their first matchup is going to be like. It, hey, it's, it's based on how our, our world works right now. Everybody – LaMelo is the new hottest thing to talk about. Lonzo coming into the league after killing at UCLA and LaVar going crazy on first take every morning. That was the thing to talk about then. People get bored, you know, in seconds nowadays. They want the next biggest thing, and LaMelo is that. So it'll be interesting to see – because everybody gets that opportunity when you're coming into the league at the level that LaMelo is to really grab hold of your fan base and everything that goes on. Lonzo had the same choice. I think Lonzo is going to make a huge stride um, coming into this next year. I think the Pelicans are going to be a force. I think they're a playoff team and not only a playoff team, but like a conference final talk type team. They are very, very good. I honestly, I I believe that they're young. Uh, Dame Willard, they got they asked Dame Willard who you think will be the breakout star next year, and he said, um, I forget who the second guy was. He said two people, but one of them was Lonzo, and and I I agree. I think I think Lonzo's gonna have a huge year. Chris um, Levert, I think Levert, Levert, right? Yeah. You mentioned uh, one person that I don't know. No one's talking about him. Wait, where's Lavar in all of this? Lavar is sitting, relaxing looking at the empire that he has built through just talking and I love I love how he did it he paved the way for crazy dads crazy basketball dads everywhere in terms of how to build something he put his name and his brand his kid's name out there for everyone to see and whether they did good or bad whether people were talking you know high about him or talking shit about him it didn't really matter because the ball name was constantly out there and now he's got two out of the three in the NBA. And I think Jello finds his way into the league like we were talking about earlier at some point or another. I mean, everybody says he's the best shooter out of the family. We're going to see in this next you know, year or two when he gets his G League shot that I think he just signed with uh, the Thunder not long ago. So yeah. LeVar doesn't have to say anything anymore. Will he? Probably. Probably. Skip Bayless. I know probably has something to say, and I'm sure LeVar's got an answer for him. So that'll whenever their ratings are down on first take, they'll just bring LeVar up and they'll shoot right back up. Yeah, I I hate Skip so much, but that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Why do you hate Skip Bayless? We should, he's so canceled. He said some dumb stuff over last week, too. He's just – he's the worst. But, uh, yeah, he's canceled right now for right. sure. Okay. Um, well, VAR, yeah, I agree. He's just chilling. I, I think he does wish he was more involved. Like, 
Lamelo's got his own people. Lonzo's kind of got his own people now. They're signing with different agencies. Of course, I think LeVar wishes, like, it was just big baller brand. We were just rocking that. But I don't know. I think it, I think it reverses. Like, I think that LeVar learns, hey, when they become stars, then we do the big baller thing. I don't think it's dead forever. I think, I think it comes back strong. You think uh, just is going to make a comeback? I do. I think, like, as long as LaMelo and Lonzo start playing, becoming stars like we both think they will be, Yeah. I think that's a big thing. Once they're like – I mean, look, they're never going to – I don't know if they'll ever be as popular as they were for, like, that six months in high school. But if they become NBA superstars, that changes the game. They get a lot more money. They can do a lot more things. It felt like they just didn't have enough money probably to do all the stuff they wanted to do. And, and that's not a slight of them. You need, like, hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. But um, you don't think there's any beef between Lonzo and Lamelo? You think they're just going their own thing? Oh, no. There's no beef at, at the dinner table between those two over an agency, who's going where. It doesn't matter, dude. They don't care. At the end of the day, they probably – that's probably all handled behind the scenes. They could care less. I mean, Hoopers, who I don't think there's any issues there. Yeah, but Lamelo's going to give Lonzo buckets in that first game. We'll see. We'll no, nah, I don't know. We'll see. Lonzo Will he guard him, though? No, nah, they're going to make Drew Holiday lock him up 94 feet, and they're going to give Lamelo the worst experience of his life. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any, uh, any favors given to Lamelo coming in the league, just like nah. – just like they probably went to Ben at the, you know, college level or wherever he went, just because he's got the biggest target on his back out of anybody. I think he lives off it and thrives on it, but he does. We'll see what happens in the NBA. This is uh, as big boy ball. We'll see what happens. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited for him to win MVP too. Shut <laughs> you Jordan, did, did you have a target on your back? You were kind of like the top kid, you were flashy, famous. Everyone go out your neck, especially yeah, in high school? I was just, you know, some – I don't know. Does this still follow you in college? Like, because yeah. you're still, oh. like, more popular than 95% of college athletes. Yeah. No, for sure. People think that, like, oh, he got here for some reason other than the fact of what he does on a basketball court. They probably think, you know, a lot of things were handed. That's, that's, that's when people – like create this imaginary target they go with this you know lamello thing and they're like oh your dad got you this level or this level but as soon as you perform that target grows um but i think you also gain quite a bit of respect which lamello has gotten uh but yeah that target's going to be there just based on the fact that that's people's perception they don't like seeing people in the public eye and and all that kind of stuff so was my target like lamello's absolutely not but yeah know a little bit about targets for sure is there any is there one trash talk one time someone just ripped into you because like you're the little famous white boy like bad where you're like damn i'm gonna have to fight someone uh you're pretty nice i, I have a like i hope no one's doing that because we got problems well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because that's not – I don't front necessarily. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. There's been – God, there there was an instance. I can't remember who we were playing. I think it might have been at Pitt. I came – like, something happened where some dude, like, got a deflection. And uh, 
he got a deflection on me. We were taking – I walked over to take it out of bounds, still our ball, and somebody was like, uh, oh, yeah, the white boy, he's scared. He can't dribble. And I'm like, dude, people say all I can do is dribble. What are you <laughs> – what are you saying? That's about the only thing that I can really remember that comes to the top of my head. Uh, but, no, I, I'm not sure. Targets for LaMelo are a little different than they are for me. We'll see what happens in the league. Did you Let's get start. the – did you get the overrated treatment in high school? That was the most, yeah, most overused chant that there was, 100%. We can, we can check game film and stat lines after those were used, though. It generally wasn't good for, for the other team. Very fun. I miss the atmosphere of high school basketball for sure because, you know, college is fun, but it's, it's, there's, there's no better feeling than being in a high school gym where they are chanting overrated, they're bringing up your ex-girlfriend, you know, from six months ago and uh, doing all this crazy stuff. But, yeah, I miss, I miss high school basketball sometimes for sure. Wait, did you just look at Liv because you were talking about your ex-girlfriend? Did Liv, that just happen? Liv's not even up yet. I okay. I, I thought you were like, oh, I talked about my ex-girlfriend. Let me, like, side-eye it real quick. Did you drop a 30 ball after someone called you overrated? Is that, is that what you're trying to say? I'm sure at some point. I'm sure that at some point. Mean. Yeah. That's awesome. People call me overrated, too. In high school, Tom. What's the most points I had in high school? Is that yeah. what you asked? Yeah. I was a four-year varsity starter, but I wasn't much of a scorer. Um, I think, like, 23. Not Nothing crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I broke my thumb my senior year, which, like, I do think – I mean, look, I'm not making excuses, but I think I would have scored more my senior year. That's just normal. Are you going to go with the, the, the typical football player, like, ah uh... – I was I was going D one, you know Nick Saban was calling. I was going here, Dabo, all that, and then you know I dislocated my kneecap. Otherwise, I was definitely going to the league. Are you doing one of those right now? I am not going to do one of those. I did br snap my thumb in half, and that was really painful. But I still went on to play D three, and I just wasn't good enough or big enough to stay there. <laughs> and I just wanted to do other things, so here I am. To each his own, Tom. It's okay. I'm proud of you. That's all that matters. I'll still punch you in the face if we play one-on-one. -on -one. What? <laughs> You've been watching what? too much Pat Bev. That's what I'm talking about. He's got some pent-up anger issues, and if you give him a weapon, it's just not good. All right, speaking of anger, does Tom Brady suck at football now? He, uh, now you're going to piss me off. Are you now, a Tom Brady guy? Yes. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm a Tom Brady guy also, but I'm just going to be – I'm just going to pretend like I'm not for this segment. So let me get out of the way. Best looking, best football player, best human ever. If I could be Tom Brady for 10 minutes, I would do it for however amount of money possible. But he sucks right now. They lost to the Saints. He looked terrible through two awful picks. His coach called him out multiple times and said he wasn't determined enough to win, which was like pretty, a pretty wild shot at the GOAT. Yeah, um, that's an interesting take on Arians. I, I'm not sure if that's going to motivate Tom at 40, however old he is, or just make him really upset. I do think you're overlooking the fact that the Saints are a top five team in the league. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Tom Brady goes to Tampa, who without Tom Brady, nobody even remembers Tampa and Jacksonville exist. You know, Jacksonville won. We'll give him that. But, you know, he goes to Tampa, and in his first week, people expect him to go crazy. And I think for, for what it's worth, they're still an over 500 team. They're still a playoff team. People are 
way overselling this whole thing, like, oh, Tom Brady's washed. I know Skip Bayless, our favorite person, loves to jump on this whole, you know, bandwagon that he's declining and all this stuff. But Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, all time and he's going to be in the playoffs this year, if not going deeper than people even expect right now. Yeah, I have to fix something, but I'm going to keep talking while I fix it. Um, then my computer's going to die. But uh, Tom Brady's done, and he sucks, just like you. And I think that the Bucks probably bench him halfway through the season because he's he's done. Um, nah, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, that was a bad – It wasn't um, a great first week, but once again – He threw okay, two really bad passes. Let's let it down. So, Tom Brady's on the struggle bus. Aaron Rodgers proven that he's up for the GOAT conversation once again. Four touchdowns, probably the, high, probably the highest QBR this, this week, I think, in the league. Aaron Rodgers. Does it suck not being a Packers fan? I don't, I've never really asked anybody. Does it suck? So, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. I was a right. season, season ticket holder for 26 years. How'd that um, work out? I mean, we got two awesome Super Bowls when our teams weren't even that good. But um, <laughs> talking about, I uh, love talking about Monday night. Yeah, we are so bad. Like, Daniel Jones is just, like, a really, really bad version of Eli. Saquon, like, cool, biggest legs of all time. He rushed for five yards. Like, Ben Roethlisberger had more rushing yards than him. We are terrible. Every year, it's like we don't even try to get better. It's like. We have receivers I've never heard of. Our defensive players we pay all this money to. We we sign linemen that are like ninety years old. We are we might be the worst football team in the NFL, but I hope we are, and I hope we can get Trevor Lawrence and that beautiful hair, and we turn this whole thing around because it's bad. It's a very that's a very typical New York sports fan uh, response to a Week One loss. We'll try to keep an update on Tom and how his mental health is doing. Being a Giants fan. My buddy, Wait, can, I, can I tell you what I'm trying to do for a football season? What? So, like, you know, I, I'm not good at sitting down. Like, this podcast is probably the longest I've sat down in years. Right. Um, and everyone my age and older, they do this thing where on Sundays, it's like, my week was so hard. My wife can't bother me for the day because I work nine to five and I got to watch football all day and check my fantasy team and, like, crack open a cup, couple cold ones and, you know eat wings and wear the tightest shirt I own. You know how people do that? Or... Yeah. Yep. Okay. I've never done that before. A butt, butt heavy, just like yeah. right this little crevice. Exactly. And my best friend and my old roommate used to do that. And I would come home on a Sunday after work now. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. But COVID has changed me. I want to become that guy. 100%. There is nothing better than coming home on a Sunday, sitting on the couch, and doing absolutely nothing. I don't think it's as, as American as it gets. Yeah. It doesn't even shock me that you didn't do that prior to this. I've never done it, and I was mad that people did do it, but I have changed my ways, and I now want to be the guy. I want to complain as much as humanly possible on Sunday. I actually like that the Giants are bad, so I can get upset. Like, I, I think that's a good thing for me at this point. Yeah. What were you saying about your friend? What's up? You are saying something about your friend before I interrupted you. No, I don't think I was saying anything about my friend. But NFL rundown, before we start talking about more about things that we have no idea what's going on when it comes to football, people don't listen to us for that. I don't know why they listen to us at this point, but they're still here. Um, 
rundown is Bruce Aarons has a really foggy uh, face mask. Uh, they can't see. Andy Reid can't see. Nobody, none of the coaches can see what's going on because of these shields. Uh, Tom Brady's struggling week one. He's the GOAT. He's going to be fine. They're probably going to win a Super Bowl in Tampa this year. Bank it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, if, they, if Tampa doesn't win it, the Packers are going to win it. There's only two options you pick. I'm not even worried about the Chiefs. Mahomes is the greatest player to ever step on a football field. And Gardner Minshew, as, as just beautiful as a human being can get, wins in week one and puts Jacksonville in the conversation for a serious football team. And it's happening. We've waited two decades, I'm pretty sure. It was before I was born that Jacksonville even, you know, had a football team worth mentioning. But Gardner Minshew has brought him back, him and his Bud Light commercials driving across the country. We love it. We support Gardner Minshew. Subject to change, loves Gardner Minshew. I think we should get him as a guest. I would love to have him as a, on as a guest. Matter of fact, that's what we're going to work on. He can't be I've never heard him speak. Huh? I've never heard him speak. I've just seen the stash. Shout out to Gardner Minshew, man. That is yeah. that is your kind of guy. Down there in West Virginia, just cheering on the boy, just hanging oh, out. Dude, I love it. He wears, like, crop tops and has a mustache that's worth mentioning every single week on this show. Before we get out of here, let's talk about <laughs> – I don't want to, but we're going to talk about Carol Baskins because once again, we got to pay the bills around here and she is the person that pays bills. You told me she makes like six figures on Cameo. Is that she, true? I think she's, she's the number one person on Cameo, or at least she was recently. She is crushing it, okay? She like bought up more Tiger places. I think she bought Joe Exotic's place, if I'm not mistaken. She's on Cameo. We got her to wish oh. Zion a happy. We got her on. We got her to wish Zion a happy birthday from Cameo. The next day, her like cost per Cameo like quadrupled. It's like three hundred dollars a user. But most importantly, she was on Dancing with the Stars this week. Carol Baskins, murderer, worst person alive, tiger rescuer. She's on Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars must be struggling. That's all I'm gonna say. The ratings must be down if if we're gonna go as far as bringing on this murderous woman. And, dude, she, this whole cameo, six figures, she's like Bella Thorne OnlyFans to cameo. That's like she, Bella Thorne made like $2 million in two days or some ridiculous amount of money. I just – I truly wish that I didn't have to wake up at 6 a.m. on Wednesdays to film a podcast that I make $0 for. And I could just be like, oh, what am I going to do today? I'm going to sign up and get – I'm not even going to talk about the kind of dudes and what, whatever. You got to get it how you live, and Carol Baskins is doing it. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars. Uh, my, I believe my grandparents do, maybe. Like right after Jeopardy, they turn that on. I might watch this season because they got, they got Charles. Isn't Charles Oakley on there? I think so. Wait, did, did you fight somebody? He's definitely going to fight someone. Did you see what happened during – or you, did you hear about what happened during Dancing with the Stars? So Carol obviously famously is accused of murdering her ex-husband or old husband. I don't know. Um, rest in peace to him. But everyone thinks that she killed him, like put him in the meat grinder, chopped him up, burnt him, something. I don't know. His family, so the family that whose son, brother passed away, they bought a commercial spot during Dancing with the Stars that said, I will give a hundred grand to anyone that can help us find who killed our, our person. Like that is the most savage grand. thing ever. 
Tom, yeah, you want it? Tom, that's that's our OnlyFans opportunity. A ridiculous amount of money for not really doing that much. We could go to wherever the hell Carol Baskins lives, uh, and and we Florida, could, Florida, South Carolina, Florida. We could dive in the septic tanks that she's got behind that she probably threw them in. We could do some research. We could figure out how to get this done uh, and make a hundred thousand dollars. If anybody's interested in doing that, I got nothing but time on my hands. Not really, but. I could find a way to get down there uh, and let's, let's go, uh, let's go solve a mystery. I think that'd be a great overtime uh, reality TV show. It'd be a great vlog. Tom and Jordan go and find Don Lewis's body. Rip, rip Don Lewis. Bro, that family is savage. Hey, Carol Baskin's going to be on TV right now. Let's buy a commercial right now and say, hook us up and tell us how this woman killed our brother, dad, husband, this whole this whole year is not real i don't understand what's going on in the world around me at this point it's it's i honestly somebody needs to make a movie uh i saw i saw a tweet and it was a gif of the scene in tommy boy and it was like um teachers describing 2020 15 years from now and it's Tommy Boy when he's in the office trying to sell uh, brake pads or whatever. And he lights the car on fire and just rams it into this dude's like collectible car collection and everything just burns. That's exactly what this whole year is. And Carol Baskins isn't helping the cause. Yeah. She is the lighter, fuel, light, lighter fluid to this dumpster fire of a year we're having. Great show today, guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. I know we were all over the board. But we hit, we hit our numbers. We had to go over wild NBA storylines that are going on. The playoffs are in full heat. And I think it's LeBron's year to win. And maybe what is, if he wins this finals, I think he's 500 in finals, right? Or is he still? No. He's like three and seven. God. I'm not a LeBron hater by any means, but. I'll save that for down the down the road once he either wins or loses this one. Uh, and you know, oh, Bronny, little Bron, phase member. How do they do that? Phase up right here. Phase up. I don't know. I'm not a big phase guy. Like, not that I don't like them, I just don't pay attention that much. Which is weird because you think I would. Yeah, I'm a huge phase. I'm a Nick Merckx fanatic. I watch way. Too I don't much. game. I don't play video games. I don't play much either, but I, for some reason, I sit there and watch Nick Merckx for probably way too long. But pretty damn cool. I don't know if Bronny joining FaZe means he's not going to college. It's another one of these LaMelo Ball things where, like, wait, he can do that? He can, you know, have his own brand? He can do pop-up shops? I'm so confused. FaZe members, FaZe alone is made, I think I just saw a stat. They make, like, as a brand, they make, like, $16 million a year. Like yeah. all their influencers, all their esports, everything. And now Bronny signs with them. I don't know if that just means he gets a cool necklace with like diamonds on it, or does that mean he's really profit? I don't know what's going on. I don't think I don't think the NCAA is worried about it at this point, but a little confusing. It's only confusing. I I just can't imagine that LeBron doesn't have this all figured out and set up and I don't know. Like, LeBron has so many sources of income and so many ways that he does things. Like, there's just ways to spin it where even if Bron – I don't think Bronny is going to make money off it, if I had to guess. 
But even if he did, it probably just goes through LeBron, and it's it's all intertwined. It's all figured out. Yeah, well, Ronnie, I love him. Like he is my favorite. I just think that like his net, like everything is mapped out for him and like right. planned. And it's like this is just part of the plan. We just keep we just keep going. He is amazing, apparently though. At what at video, video games? games? Yeah. Yeah. No, Ronnie's really good. Ronnie's really good. Anyways, let's wrap this thing up, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to follow both socials, me, Tom, find us on Instagram, follow Spencer if you want. Uh, you know, he's way cooler than both of us. We just don't let him talk enough. Uh, but also, more importantly, make sure that you are downloading the episodes off iTunes or Spotify, however you're listening to this podcast. Um, subscribe, let us know, make sure you hit me up and follow Subject to Change Pod on all socials. That way I know who our OG listeners are because this is and will be the fastest growing podcast on all platforms sooner than you know it. As soon as me and Tom figure out how to actually do a good one, you know. We're halfway there. We're, we're, we're right there. Like Harden says, we're just missing a piece. And maybe <laughs> next week we'll have a guest on and uh, you can stop listening to just me and Tom ramble. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Peace. Peace.